You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer. This is Ken Vellante with the Something Rather Than Nothing podcast, and I'm very excited to have Larissa Birdseye, um, artist, musical artist, um, and uh, she's based in, in Portland. I've really enjoyed her music. She's got uh, some uh, new music that was just released. Larissa, welcome to Something Rather Than Nothing. Hi, Ken. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, it's a great pleasure. And on the show, we like to feature um, a lot of artists in the Pacific Northwest and, and in Portland. And uh, so I'm very pleased to have you. Uh, the, the first question is uh, that I ask each guest is, were you an artist when you were born? I think, I think that's really interesting. I think everyone is an artist when they're born. And I think it either gets stamped out of you or it gets encouraged. So I would say, even though it sounds a little kind of douchey, but I, I do think I was an artist when I was born. Um, I was always um, kind of writing poems and writing songs and writing short stories and painting and drawing little characters and like cutting them out. And I don't know, I like to create little worlds um, around me as a kid. And I think a lot of a lot of kids are like that. We're we're just these like amazing, unencumbered, uh, not self-conscious creators. And I think that we live in a, a world that is structured in a way that is not always like very uh, encouraging to creativity unless it makes us a lot of, a lots of, lots of money. Um, so I'm just crazy. I'm just crazy. And I'm just doing this thing. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. No, I, I, and then that, that comes up uh, a, a lot, Larissa. I mean, I think, you know, there's a the kind of thing where people like, oh, the, the marketplace encourages all art to make and, you know, people to make art and other people's like it, you know, it stamps it out. Did you? So you mentioned like that does happen to artists where it's like you're, you're doing your wild things that you enjoyed uh, doing. Was there a period where you started to like double think that or do you feel like you've had a thread of being like, hey, this is this is what I want to do. And here's how I'm doing it. Have you been able to hold that for yourself? So I, I actually was very, um, very not, not excited or I, I just didn't think it was possible to be an artist. Um, and we have all of these stories like Van Gogh and, you know, all of, all of these people that, that ended up penniless and impoverished and uh, had miserable lives. And I think it's this major deterrent to pursuing art. And so when I was in high school, like, I loved theater. I loved music. I loved a lot of um a lot of really artistic things. And I also at the same time was like, that's not a possibility. Like, that's not a smart thing. That's not like the thing that I could do. And I've got to do something else. And so I spent a lot of years, like I went to school, I worked in different industries. I, I um, you know, I tried to, to be like a real, a real adult. Um, and I just like never, it just always felt sort of miserable it's it felt like I was like denying this part of myself that I would always come back to you know like like music was such a big thing for me and it was kind of like a like a little quiet escalation of of what it was like I, I never thought that I would be a musician actually I never felt like I was a good musician I never felt like um I, I loved to write songs and I had a guitar and I would sit and I, I would write songs with a guitar and I would never play them for anyone unless I was super drunk. And then little by little, 
people around me were like, you know, you're actually like pretty good at this and you should maybe do something with this. And and of course I was like terrified, but little by little over time, it took me until I was 25 to, to really realize like, okay, well, I'm unhappy uh, with what I'm doing in my life. And that sucks. You know, like that's not an ideal situation. Yeah. It took me until I was 25 to really get the courage to, to kind of shift into something else. And I quit my corporate job and it was a really good job. And there was a lot of like, there was so much fear. I was like, am I ruining my life? Like, what am I doing? Um, But I just haven't really looked back. That's, um, uh, that, that, that's, well, you know, the, you know, the piece that was nagging inside of you and, um, you know, and, and hearing hearing music and hearing your art, um, I'm happy for you uh, in the sense of not, you know, just meeting you, but happy for you to be able to be like, okay, this is where I'm going to go. Like, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, and as an artist, but uh, uh, another conceptual question before we dig into a little bit more of your music. Um, what is art? Like, you're an artist and you decide to be an artist and you're recording and... But what is art? Hmm. God, it's like, <laughs> that's a really, it's a really big question. But also I think like a really simple question. I think art is just, just the act of creating anything from something like did, that didn't exist or something immaterial, you know, like something that wasn't, maybe just comes from you. Like art can be just, you're with, you're with your friends around a campfire and Someone sings a line, someone sings a riff, and you you harmonize over that. That's art. That's something that didn't, like, necessarily exist before. It's something – I mean, maybe it did, but those notes have been sung before, of course. But, like, you haven't right. sung that with this person in this place, and you're creating something that, like, wasn't there. And it's and it's nice, and it feels good, and it feels wonderful to do it. Um, you know, there's physical art. You can – do shit with all sorts of different things. Um, but I think it's just the act of, of creating something that didn't, didn't exist before. I mean, art can be like buildings, you know, like architecture is definitely art. Um, yeah. That's why I think we're all artists, you know, like we kind of assign this title of artist to the people that are, that are like really doing it or, or like trying to make a living out of it. But I think we're all very artistic. I mean, you can, you walk into a house and it's, it's, there's art everywhere. The way that something is designed is, is we're all creating art all of the time. Yeah. And it's a, I think, um, I think a lot of times in the conversation I had, it has to do with like noticing that there's been this intention with a piece mm-hmm. or like how we do populate our homes where we don't say, look at all the art that's in my home. But when you look, walk in and look around and see the paintings or see this or see an object, you're like, this is very artistic, right? But we don't think yeah. it, about it as as uh, deliberately. Um, as I mentioned at the beginning, Larissa, um, I really enjoy your music. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I don't want to, like, when I have a musical guest and I have a song that I mention, I don't like to let them, like, the audience, like, oh, what is this song? What is this song? So I want to play the song. But um, could you just talk about, um, uh, just, just mention the track, uh, Shame. I know it was recently um, released. But anything you want to say about it before we uh, plunge into it? Yeah, I so I wrote Shame um, in my car on the way back from Bend in the car. Um, my little brother lives in Bend, and so I'd spent the holidays with him because it was COVID, and I could only hang out with my little brother because he's, you know, he's young, and we figured if we got each other sick, we probably wouldn't die. 
<laughs> that was the that was the year that we all had. Yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, but I'd gotten a text from a mutual friend of someone that I no longer talked to. And it was, um, it, it was like, I hadn't spoken to this person and it was a very intentional, um, break. Like I just couldn't, I couldn't handle it anymore. It was just very toxic and unhealthy for me. I didn't want to hear anything about this person. And I got a text that was something about him. And I just was like, I just spiraled. I was like, oh, like, fuck this guy. And then I was just so sad because I realized it wasn't like, it wasn't like a fuck this person. It was like, fuck, it's like such a shame that we'll never, we'll just never be close yeah. or be friends ever again. And um, so there's, it's a, it's very, it's like a very bitter, um, very, there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of bitterness. There's a lot of pain, but also like, I really think that every single one of my songs is just a love song. I'm just not very good at communicating that I love you. Usually it's like, Fuck you, you know, like I'm a very like, I'm a very like proud, like, you know, <laughs> but all my songs, even when they're, even when they're like, I literally hope you die. Um, they're all love songs. It's just how I can say I love you. <laughs> they're all love songs, but based on how you're able to communicate your love. <laughs> that is great. I'm like, well, you fucked me over. So I obviously don't love you, but like, I don't, the syntax is like, oh no, I do. I definitely do. Text, yeah. I love it. Um, everybody, we are cutting to uh, Larissa Birdseye uh, track, Shame. I'm so fucking tired of the ways in which I feel so thrown away. I cannot say the things you say, I mean it. Or should I say you said, cause boy, I treat you like you're dead. You cut a hole inside my head and I can't stop the bleeding.
congrats on that track. It's a it, it, it's it's a great track and it's a it's a, it's a fresh release. Um, I uh, I I've I've really enjoyed your music. You mentioned um, you got some uh, an acoustic EP. I was wondering if you mentioned a little bit about that. I, I said I hadn't even encountered your acoustic stuff. What about that? Yeah. So um, I started out as as an acoustic sort of singer songwriter folky folkier kind of kind of artist um mostly out of necessity uh I could play acoustic guitar and I didn't know any players and so I would hit open mics around town and just play by myself and so it was like a very um very minimalist sort of thing and as time has gone on I've I've obviously um gotten a lot more into more produced pop tracks which I love I like it's funny because Portland Oregon is like not a pop music town but um, and when I was little, I think I was always like a closet, like I just closet loved pop music, like absolutely. But I was, you couldn't really do that. You were like, you had to be a little bit of a hipster and you're like, no, like I don't listen to that. I only listen to Jeff Buckley. Like, but you know, I was bumping, I was bumping all the old shit. Uh, so now I'm like, I'm doing that more, but I do also still love to strip it down to what, you know, the song really at it, at its essence is, especially if it's, um, more kind of like lyric driven um and so I was able to record a couple songs at the hollowed halls recently and I did an acoustic recording of one of my last singles I put out in May called porcelain and I did that with James Via who also produced the track um and uh, a cello player named Yoko who's who's amazing I, I can't remember their last name but um and then a girl named Rain Ezra saying backup vocals. And so it's just like a beautiful rendition. But my favorite uh, my favorite song off of that project is a, a song called Barely Friends. And I had just written the song a couple of days before. And it was one of these things where the song necessarily like wasn't necessarily ready. Um, I just recently started playing piano in the last year. So I'm not like a terrific piano I'm a competent piano player at this point so I played keys uh rain sang backup and I just delivered like a very honest performance and I think it, it turned out really beautifully and it's it's one of my favorite things I've done to date honestly that's that's great and um for for listeners we'll have uh, uh barely friends um at at the end of the episode um uh, Larissa I want to go back um you know you're talking about what you know, what art is. I have a, a question that's connected to that um, for artists and is what do you think the role of art is? What, do, what does art uh, do for us? Ooh, I can only say what it does for me. It sort of gives me a, like a reason to, <laughs> to, to keep doing things. Like, I, I don't know. I just, I love, I love being able to create it really. It's, it's really meditative for me. Um, it really calms me down. Uh, I think it's sort of the glue that binds us all together. You know, and when you go to a new city, like you want to go to an art museum or you want to see a show or you want to read something that, that is by someone that, I don't know, like someone's recommended you something that changes your life. Like I'm, I love, I love reading also. Like I love, I love, I was an English major before I dropped out of college to be a musician. Um, but I, I think the purpose of art is just to kind of make you feel less alone in what you're going through, um, kind of remind you that the human experience 
that you have individually is not just your own. Like we share all of these experiences and we might live them out in different ways, but really we are bound by some pretty basic, uh, basic emotions and basic experiences. It's, it's, you know, love, it's loss, it's grief, it's anger, it's betrayal. It's all of these things that like can completely fucking bust us to pieces. Um, and I think the role of the artist is to take their own pain and transmute it into something that is like, Hey, you guys, like, this is a, this is mine. And, and I, and I think people that aren't necessarily able to, to create that, like when I, when I was going through a major, um, kind of upheaval in my life a few years ago, um, and I was writing a lot, I was just like really writing my way through it. I talked to a lot of people and they, you know, what do they do when they go through something shitty they drink you know a lot of people drink or you know they do other things but they don't write a million songs about it and I think that's what artists do so when someone is going through some really horrible shit they can listen to a song and connect to it and and I mean I've done that with other artists too where you know I listen to a song I hear it and I'm like you've written my experience and and I'm so grateful for that because it definitely makes me feel less alone or like less alienated and uh it's really beautiful it's super powerful to to have that to have that connecting that binding uh thing it's pretty it's pretty great I think art is the only thing that makes life worth living honestly it's like this little glimmer in like a world that we've created that that can be really um oppressive and constraining but yeah yeah. no I, I I really appreciate your words I mean um you know just like the 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 realness i don't know what other you know word of like of the experience and 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 trying to um trying to convey that to others i one of the things i find with music is and i appreciate you saying that about pop because like even on the on 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 the show but i i think a lot of times i find in in talking to others where they've kind of limited like what music they allow themselves to listen to or there's so much like identity that's created around liking something that they don't want that identity like they don't yeah. want to purpose that that identity so like uh like uh, an example for me is like um i adore taylor swift i i think she's like i i can go on and on but i mm-hmm. adore the music i adore how it's produced and the pop aspects of it and um you know so i listen to a ton of that but yeah I go when I go to live shows. I go to do. I go to doom metal shows because that type of intensity and that type of community is the most powerful uh, for me. So for myself, I like that. I'm like, okay, moving from this to that. But I have conversations with others, and I think a lot of times they still kind of like want to enjoy certain things, or they want to indulge in, you know, Larissa's a song or like <laughs> this um, pop song, but they're like, oh, that's kind of you know. And um, I always find that so curious, you know, like it's almost like the openness, you know, to experience our other's art. Yeah, I find that as I get older, I care a a lot less about that. Like, I just don't because I love Taylor Swift, too. And I think I was like a little baby hipster when I was younger. Like, I feel like my dad was like the original hipster. He was born in like 1939. And he was like, I don't know. I don't know. He just imbued it in me of like, no, this is for this is for the normals. We don't enjoy this. Um, (laughs) But I mean, like, I, you know, I grew up listening to I I grew up listening to like Britney Spears and like Mariah Carey and Destiny's Child and Beyonce, like all of that. And, And it wasn't, you know, 
And it's funny because looking back now at the early 2000s of like what R&B was, like that was such a classic era. Like all I was I was in some restaurant the other night and um like all of these like early 2000 uh R&B duets came on and I remember they were like all on the radio at the time and and I think that a lot of my friend group we were very like not into liking what was on the radio, even though we secretly loved it. Um, <laughs> but now like they're just the, the absolute cuts, like they're so good. And, and it's just like, okay, well, you know what, why don't, why don't I just, why don't we just like enjoy what we enjoy? You know, like that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah. Even if it's yeah. garbage, like even if it's, if, if something is like super sad, like super, you know, bubbly and whatever, like there are still elements of it that are, that are enjoyable. I don't know. It's, it's again, like we all have a tendency to be like art snobs. Like everyone wants to be a critic and sometimes like just, just enjoy it. You know, everything is, it's different thing. Like there's, there's going to be things that you like because of the artistry of it. Like, um, I really, I really, really love Phoebe Bridgers right now. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with her as an artist. Yeah. Yeah. I love her. I think she's like, as far as lyricist goes, like I listen to her lyrics and I'm like, oh my God, what did you fucking do here? What did you do? Like <laughs> a genius bitch. Um, and that's not like, that's not necessarily how I write or how I construct. Like I feel like her lyrics are more like, it's almost like prose. Like it's like poetry um, in the way that she fits shit together. And I really appreciate that. I really like that about her. It's definitely not how I write. I tend to be like more blunt to the point. Um, because when I first started writing, I thought that the more, I thought the more like convoluted or maybe like the more interesting or kind of hidden you could make things would be a better song. And I realized I was like, okay, well, this is just like confusing and bullshit and not executed particularly well. So I, I realized yeah. like what, what works for me was just to be completely like punchy, honest. Um, and there's like a cleverness in that, which I'm like, we're just we're just all doing different things yeah yeah no i i i like the uh, thinking about how you uh, how you speak about it sometimes it is just like the 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 reality or the blunt truth of it um and it's your way of expressing and um i wanted to ask uh another question um larissa and it's mm-hmm. a, a bigger conceptual one but it has to do you know just about about you and what's influenced you. And the question is this, is uh, what or who made you who you are? Mm, like musician-wise or like in, like just people-wise? People-wise, you, Larissa Birdseye, person. Um, <laughs> well, I definitely think my family has been a giant influence on who I am. Um, in very positive ways and um, in very interesting ways. I have a very, I have a very interesting family of cast of characters. And um, like my dad was a, my dad is a retired English professor and like grew up in the Bronx in the thirties and um, just like super, super highly educated. Like got his PhD from Columbia. Like my mom is just like an absolute badass. Um, She's a doctor, like, she's she's just like a very strong woman like I was raised I just kind of was raised to believe that like I could really do anything that I wanted like not not in like a like a shitty like the world is for me kind of way but like in a way that you're not limited or you're not limited by you know being being a girl like you're you know you're smart and you're capable and you're talented and like go go do it 
Um, so I think, I think my, my parents were a big influence on, on that. Um, I think, I think I was like, I, I had a lot of, I had a lot of growing pains when I was younger. I went through a lot of shit in high school. Um, I had a pretty, pretty bad eating disorder that kind of spun me out super early. Um, so I was like 13 going through this really intense kind of secret unraveling as like a child, you know? So I yeah. think I was going through a really, uh, like a really, just a, a big nightmare, super super early on so like most of what I was focused on was just like survival at a time when kids were like oh like where am I going to school and like what do I want for my yeah. life and I was like mm, I, I don't know if I'm gonna like survive to 17 kind of thing I so want to make was, sure I get to tomorrow yeah I mean honestly at that point it wasn't it was more like I was so I was so held captive by the by the eating disorder like it was it was just a very intense I'm very appreciative for what I know. I think I think everything that you go through, like every experience, especially when it's when it's something with your with your brain, when it's some compulsion, whether it's addiction or or um, you know some sort of debilitating like eating disorder, um, it kind of carves into you this this. You don't necessarily need to understand what it's like to kind of lose your mind a bit, but I think if you if you can know that. And be able to come back on the other side and, and kind of like regain your shit. Um, I think it has given me like a lot of insight uh, into like all of the nuances of, of what it is to be human. Like I, it was, it was just like a weird time. And um, I also think it gave me less of a, less of like an interest in doing what everyone else was doing. Like I, I kind of, fucked that up early like I was like well I'm not doing what you're doing because I can't eat um so I think as I got older when I really decided when I was like okay well I want to do like I want to do what makes me happy and following that has been like a really a really really great time you know yeah I um I've been very close in my life very close um to individuals who've worked you know through uh you know, eating disorders. And I myself uh, haven't consumed alcohol since September 9th, 2009. That's and, amazing. Yeah, thank you. And, you know, so yeah, I, you know, on that, and, and one of the things it, it seems, uh, it seems like almost sometimes like there's a chance aspect to it, because like people ask me about like sobriety, and I'm like, I'm not giving up my sobriety date, because it's 999. That's oh, what people, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not like, I'm not going to drink, you know, it's obviously I shouldn't drink for other reasons, but I'm not mm -hmm. going to drink because I get the coolest sobriety date ever and I'm not giving it up. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's incredible. Yeah. I, yeah. I myself am, I'm at 80 days of not drinking and this is, uh, after, before the pandemic kind of fucked the world, um, I had had 14 months of sobriety and then everything yeah. kind of fell apart and I was like, yeah. I'm yeah. all alone. So yeah. that's amazing that you were able to get through that year. I was just, I was so early in my sobriety and I, I think I did it. I think I did it in a way that was very like constricting. Um, so now I'm a little, I'm a little more like, I don't know. I'm learning 
that being sober does not mean that I can isolate from everyone, which is what I was doing the first year of sobriety. Yeah, like right. I'm obviously, I'm always in, I'm always in bars. I'm always in venues. I'm, you know, I'm traveling around in like high and, you know, high, high stress situations, but I've always been able to kind of like remove myself at the end um, and get away from everyone. But I've been trying to like force myself to maybe not force myself, but like become more comfortable with this idea um, that I can sit with my anxiety or I can I can kind of like work with that. And then instead of fear, like fearing the feeling of anxiety and like retreating to, you know, like my home or like my, you know, my bedroom just to kind of completely get away from everyone. Um, you know, I'm just. Yeah. Well, it, it sounds like, you know, I know sometimes with the, with the, you know, moving into sobriety, it's almost like there's like a certain need of room to breathe. Right. Because I know like, even for myself, it was like, um, like, how do you navigate life? Number one, like, uh, you know, how do you have fun in these settings that I always used to be at? How can you have yeah. fun anymore? Then you can't do the settings. And so there's a lot, there's a lot to navigate about like how you see yourself and, and, and how you define yourself. But, um, um, well, uh, best of luck, you know, each day, Larissa, I mean, you know, as a person, me to you, um, uh, you know, good, good, good for you. We're going to jump. Yeah. We're going to jump from <laughs> from that to like a question that I think most guests think is inherently unfair and too big. But <laughs> the question is, why is there something rather than nothing? Why is there something rather than nothing? Mm, it reminds me of that song the nothing from nothing comes nothing i don't know um something out of nothing oh you're a bastard <laughs> ah, yes i knew it <laughs> um i mean i guess we could relate this back to art i feel like a pageant queen i feel like a very stumped pageant queen right now um <laughs> I mean, because there can never be nothing. Everything is creation. Everything, you know, you know, like that's what we do. We're we can't really like live in nothing. We're always gonna we're always gonna make some some other shit, you know? Yeah. That's what we do. We create. <laughs> yeah. No, I um it was it was it, one of the things that I hear a lot when I ask, you know, a, a different a different question earlier on has to do with like you know, making things. And a lot of times, like the language people use, I, I heard it from you a bit too, is like, when you've created, like when you've created something, and it's like through here, like, have you like, reconfigured like existing things? Or is it like, you know, like, um, this is my new thing. And it's from Larissa, it's from Ken, and here it is out into out into the world. So it's always like, it feels to me, like, how you made the thing, you know, and that whether that came from nothing or came truly from uh, something, but I think everything um, comes from from something. Um, I I think you'd be hard pressed to find anything that is truly original. I think we're all building off of um, we're all building off of of things that we've learned or heard or, um, you know, especially with music, like there's just, there's such a limited amount of notes, you know, there's only so much you can do. And there, are, you hear a song and it gets, you know, it gets in your brain at some level, maybe a year later, like something similar comes to, it's just like, it's very, it's very, sometimes I'll write a song and I'll, and I'll bring it to the band or I'll hear it later. And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, it's that song. And it's not even conscious. Like I'm not even doing it consciously, which is funny because now there are all sorts of lawsuits where it's like, no, this is my song. And, and 
maybe sometimes there's there's you know like blatant kind of stealing but i think it's kind of silly because fuck everything every song is every other song it's sort of you know but it's all yeah. original it's it's all like it's maybe not like it's all borrowed like we're all borrowing from each other all of the time we can't we can't really have like a completely original thought because it's we're so um we're so influenced by by everyone else around us by everything else that we read or we hear and um I was really fascinated by that like when I was younger um I had this sort of like afternoon of of this awakening of this kind of like for the first time in my life I really like opened my eyes and saw the world as it was and I was just laughing I was like what the fuck are we doing what are we doing here like I was watching everyone drive around in their cars I was like why like what and it was just like beautiful I could like really really see everything like for what it was and it dissipated pretty quickly but it was pretty like it really stuck with me the like the potency of that but I was just thinking like what what do I believe that's like truly me and can I actually know that but like what do I believe that I've been conditioned to believe and and how do I unpack that and what's useful and what's not useful so it's all that I mean I got away with it but (laughs) you gotta you gotta wait art's what you can 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 get away with it so yeah Lewis, it was a bastard of a question but you hit it you nailed it so you know (laughs) that leave us (laughs) um uh, one of the things uh, I want I want you to uh, convey uh, to to listeners, um, as you know, I encountered your music through a friend, and then you know you got some on YouTube and you're on Spotify. Um, Larissa, can you tell the listeners right now um, like what what you're putting out, where to find you, where you know where to interact, whatever you know, where 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 do they find Larissa Birdseye? I would love love to plug my Spotify. Um, so I'm releasing. I've released an EP this year called Wildfire. I released a two track EP called The Hollowed Hall Sessions, um, and then I've been releasing singles pretty steadily. So I released Porcelain in um, May, and then I released Shame uh, a couple days ago. Uh, I'll be releasing another single called Grow the Fuck Up, and then uh, a single called happy now later in the fall and those are my plans so um i've been working with a a couple different really talented producers uh ryan lewis who's worked with doja cat in the past and then james via who i've worked on the last couple singles who's so talented he's young and he's gonna he's going he's going to the top um yeah you can you can tell yeah (laughs) he's just great he's lovely to work with um so uh, follow me on Spotify. I'm, I'm doing a lot this year. And then I'm mostly active on my Instagram. Uh, I, I post a lot there. I think Facebook is becoming a little bit more irrelevant. I think we all we all just, we abused Facebook too much with political tirades last year. And I think we're very much, very much finished. I think, abuse, I think abuse is the proper word in that sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, I'm still on Facebook. I still update. Uh, YouTube, I, I put out a lot of music videos. I'm actually putting out a pretty pretty wild music video for shame um that i filmed with uh with my friend adam sweeney um of adama creative so we built like a we we spent a full week building this like we did it super super diy um picked up like a ton of of brick and stone and we built this kind of like old uh ruined temple and like had platforms and and a, and a whole thing we had torches and basically shot um, like a, a ritual sort of sacrificial music video. Um, people are going to be pretty upset if you're if, 
it's not it's not satanic it's not satanic uh it just is it's the vibe of like a horror movie um so i'm putting that out in a couple weeks and then i've got a lyric video coming for shame which i'm really um really really happy with um just like a really really cool concept uh and yeah just a bunch of bunch of stuff coming honestly i spent last year really kind of incubating because i had to we were usually i'm i'm pretty slammed with playing shows and uh i for the first time in like a couple years i had time to really sit and write and i wrote more than 100 songs and kind of uh pared it down to what i thought would be worth it to put out and kind of spend time with so now i've been in a release cycle i've been having a lot of fun it's definitely a different side to to it it's sort of feels a little relieving to not be as manically creative and now i'm kind of like in the business side of things, which I think is healthy. It's all an ebb and flow. I think if I was like straight creative for, for a really long time, I think I would Vincent van Gogh myself. I think it's too much. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I think, um, and it was, is, is it, thanks for sharing that because I want folks to connect, uh, to your art in the, uh, the uh, I, I do I will say on the on on the shame and I, I saw the visuals for it. I I mentioned you maybe before we went on. You know I love horror and like I just love all that aspect. So I was almost maniacally I'd be like, "Where's the video for this?" I know she has to like, plop out a video. So when you mentioned the video, I'm like, "Okay, now I'm waiting." So yeah, it's coming. It's <laughs> um, coming. <laughs> that's that 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 that's that's great to hear. Um, uh, Larissa, um, I I'm I'm just want to let you know I've been very pleased to connect with you and, and learn, uh, about your art and your thinking and about how, um, you create it. Um, and, and for the songs, uh, on, on, on this episode that I know listeners will enjoy, um, because of your productivity and the, the horror that was, is the pandemic. I know you have a lot of stuff coming out. So, you know, uh, the benefits maybe from, uh, from my (laughs) side of, you know, getting that material, um, super appreciated, but, I wanted to let you know it's been uh, a, a pleasure to meet you and he- hear about your thinking on art and Same, uh, philosophy. Yeah. yeah. And um, best of luck. Um, you know, you mentioned it's like what you can get away with. I just want you to get away with as much as you need and want to. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much, Ken. It's been a pleasure speaking with you as well. Absolutely. And hopefully you'll have a chance to talk soon. Take care, Larissa. Thank you. All right. Thanks Bye-bye. so much. Bye bye. I'm so sick of watching everybody leave I'm so tired of feeling this fucking empty You say that you're sorry But I don't think that you are All you did was cut me open And deny that you left scars
place when I am singing about how you tore me down. I hate you like I promised. Sunny.